with sound. All right. <laughs> What's up, everyone? <laughs> Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we'll be doing the new movie, The Menu, directed Mark Malad, starring Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, Hong Chow, and John Leguizamo. Carmela, since we've been talking about marketing and trailers and everything about, about the movie beforehand, what do you think about the marketing of the film? What do you think about you know everything that you heard about this film and what did you think about it before you actually watched the film the menu i definitely saw this trailer a lot before movies not in a bad way but i did see it frequently enough to be like aware of it and excited for it because on taylor joy i was curious <laughs> about it it did seem like you know like it seemed like a satire on like fancy restaurants and that type of like experience so i'm like okay like it's another satire i'm like okay i'm i'm intrigued but yeah other than that it wasn't like i don't think it was something i was like oh i'm dying to see this it was more of like something that was like oh i'm interested in seeing this and i want to see how this goes kind of thing but i don't know maybe i'm like burnt out on satires or something but i mean that's not to say i was tired of this movie because it was great but yeah i think i was i felt like mild between mild and excited whatever that is but yeah how did you feel about it pretty excited i would say i think i've watched this like i watched this trailer so many times like dozens and dozens of times just because i feel like every movie i watched this trailer was specifically in it like i feel yeah. like i've never like no matter missed, what genre yeah i feel like i didn't <laughs> miss a movie where this trailer wasn't in it and just from the trailer too like it even watching it a bunch a bunch of times like i didn't really get tired of it like i kind of like liked watching it because it always like sparked my interest again and i would always like try and guess what it's about or like, try and guess like what's gonna happen but yeah personally for me like it checked the honor taylor joy box because love her it, it checked the the satire box it set it like checked the like kind of horror suspense box that was there of course check that mystery box where i'm like oh what's gonna happen what's gonna happen but yeah, overall, I think the marketing was done really well. I feel like we there are so many movies that don't have these this marketing plan, and I think this one did was did really well, almost too well. Where if I saw it <laughs> one more time, probably I'd get tired of it. But uh, I guess that was in their budget or whatever. But yeah, I think it checked a lot of bucks for me, and I was like, and I was really, really, really excited for it. And even watching the trailer a bunch of times did not waver that. So. Uh, before we get into how we felt after you watched the film, this is where I warn you guys about spoilers. There are spoilers incoming, so if you don't want to spoil for the movie for yourself or a reason, stop right here, go watch the film, come back and listen to the episode. If you want to spoil it for yourself for a reason, go right ahead, but I recommend you do not. I recommend you go watch the film. So with that, Carmela, would you like to get a little plot summary of the film, The Menu? A young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Whoa, not <laughs> shocking surprises. Who's going to expect those? <laughs> but I guess with that plot summary, Carmela, how did you feel about the menu after you watched the film? I thought it was delectable um ah. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> <Delicious>. <laughs> yeah i i was very like i'm trying to 
find the words to describe how I felt in the end, but I I had a good time. I, like it was a really like good time for like a satire at least. Like it was like equal parts like entertaining and funny, but also equal parts like very sad and pessimistic at times. So it was kind of like a little bit of a downer at times. And like, you know, it's a satire. It's meant to be like feeling like very cynical and very like pessimistic but you know towards the end there's like a hint of like some optimism so it's like okay yeah but yeah I I had a really good time with this movie it was like I didn't think it would be that funny but it was Anya Taylor-Joy and Ray Fiennes they had really great performances I feel like I haven't seen Ray Fiennes in like anything since what Harry Potter I guess as like Damn. Voldemort, I can't recall. I feel, like but I feel like I've been seeing him a lot. I think like I feel like I keep seeing he's like a familiar face in my head. Yeah, no, that's it's that's true. Like I I'm trying to like think about like where I've seen him recently, more recent than Harry Potter, but I can't freaking think of it. But anyways, it was kind of like a joy to see him again on the screen. So I'm like, oh wow, yeah, because I know he's a great actor. Nicholas Holt also forgot how great of an actor he is. He played his part a little too well. I'm like, man, he's a little too what uh, good You're at being too a good. fucking asshole. You're being suspicious. Yeah, yeah I don't. <laughs> weird. I'm like, are you weird. are you acting? Like, are you actually acting? And uh, shout out to Hong Chow. I I've only seen her in I think a TV show called Homecoming. Um, I think that TV show was made by the guy who made. Mr. Robot, I'm not totally sure, but anyway, she's really good at these, like, thriller-type roles where she's also acting a little sus, so I definitely want to see her in more things. Uh, She was also really good and kind of scary, so that's that's cool. Love seeing Asians on screen all the time. But yeah, overall, I had a really good time with this movie. I think, you know, the overall commentary of it is, like, obviously not something I can personally relate to because I'm not a rich asshole because like but like I think audiences like us I guess always enjoy a good eat the rich story which I feel like there's so many these days I'm like they know it's gonna sell or something so I'm kind of like sus about it but it was still enjoyable but yeah I recommend this movie I hope people see it what did you think so Ray Fiennes has been in like most of the James Bond's movies, uh, Grand Budapest. He's Grand also Budapest. in the Lego. He's in the Lego movie. He, he, I feel like that's why he's like a familiar face to me because like yeah, James Bond movies I always see him in. Uh, he killed by the way. Just a side note, he was really good at that. But yeah, for me, like I was pleasantly surprised. I think I was I was excited for this film, but I wasn't like gonna think it was super duper fantastic or anything. But it really exceeded my expectations because I think like everything about the film still had me guessing like still had me trying to figure out what's going to happen at the end how they're going to get out of this if they're going to get out of this like you said too on to the joy of course fantastic didn't need to say that but um ray fines obviously i already knew he was good so i was like all right he's just a good actor nick hole too again i feel like i haven't seen in a minute wasn't he like in like one of those like teen kids movies like that's based off a book or something i feel like he was in one of those movies know. that he was, was like that i the last thing I saw him in was X-Men when he played young Beast, I think. X-Men. That's what I might be thinking of. Um, <laughs> one of those children's books. Yeah, yeah it's like kind of, you know, it's about a child. You mean one, of those, one of those comic books? Yeah. <laughs> Children read those these days, right? Yeah, those things. But yeah, like he was fantastic as well. Again, did a little too well. A little suspicious of that. 
and then yeah everyone else that was in it just did a fantastic job and it was funny seeing john leguizamo because i feel like i haven't seen him in the minute um and also play this like very funny character in the film but yeah overall really really good i think it's like you said like all these satires have been popping up and and of course like when it when it when it's a satire about something i think a lot of us and i think us too kind of like look at it under a magnifying glass to see if they're doing satire right to see if like they get the <laughs> idea they get the community the environment whatever it may be i think that's like something that we always look out for and just make sure like the commentary is good and also just make sure it's like not like cringy not like hella lame like okay we get it this one i think was able to do it well because i think the movie was able to not take itself too seriously yeah just, yeah like I was gonna say have that. yeah like have fun with it and able to like not make it even more pretentious than the, like the how the like the the people in the movie were like kind of really pretentious and then like not dialing that even more with acting as the movie being pretentious as well i think it did a good job of like kind of balancing that and i think that that's the best part about this movie where it doesn't take itself too seriously where we have things like the fucking s'mores ending we have things of <laughs> like these weird ass like plates and not only that but the presentation of it like that also like makes fun make makes fun of like food channel shows and stuff like that like i think it was the perfect way of like how they introduced each act with each entree was a different act introducing each entree in in almost a comedic way where it just labels everything that's in there even if it's absurd like the customers or like the staff like that as an ingredient is just so funny to me and also like having tyler's bullshit on there that like was part of the menu <laughs> yeah. too but yeah how did you feel about that how did you feel about like it's commentary on foodies food shows and and the restaurant culture and that nature i liked how familiar like the cinematography was in those instances like i think sophia mentioned this with the the netflix type of like spin overview of like the dish yeah, with the so with a description <laughs> on the bottom or top left of like the freaking screen um, describing like the ingredients yeah it it was kind of wild like kind of seeing that in a movie um but obviously like it worked so well in like what it was trying to do which was like obviously like kind of making fun of it i also loved how like you know like food show competitions they make the contestants like create dishes that represent something of themselves and i liked that play on like you know ray I forgot like his name, his chef name or whatever. He he like tells his traumatic story about how his dad like abused his mom and then like the way he presented the dish was like the telephone cord wrapped around the plate of like what his dad like choked his mom with like and then and like then the, the scissors. The scissors, yeah. that that's the so scissors that he stabbed him with. I'm like, oh my god, like that's terrible, but also hilarious. Yeah, I I just liked how familiar it was, and I think that made the comedy of it all like that much more successful. Yeah, hundred percent. And not to mention too, with that particular scene of him telling his like the beast of dad thing, what a fantastic delivery by Ray Fines. Like I think that was so good. Yeah, because the way he opened yeah. it up, he's like, it was a Tuesday night. <laughs> Some people say taco night, and like very like proper, very like enunciating his words in a way that like a lot of chefs we see today kind of do that or kind of like present that but yeah i think another big thing that like this movie kind of commentates and i don't think we have too much experience in this area but uh the restaurant culture and how the staffs the staff is treated how the chefs are treated 
and sort of like the nature of a, a chef and customer relationship. How did you feel about that sort of commentary in that part of the movie where it shines a light on, on us, basically the foodies or people that like eat at restaurants and how certain people treat restaurant workers in that matter. How do you feel about like how this movie sort of portrayed that? Yeah. I, I liked how they, they gave us like a rainbow, like array of like all of the different type of people you'd be serving, you know, like you have like the regulars who can't even name a single thing they like ate. They just like eat there cause it's ex- expensive. And then you have like Nicholas Holt's character who's like a super fan who is like a super foodie but can't cook to save his life, literally. And you have, you know, like the tech bros who are like just insanely rude and will just like throw money at you to solve any problem or think money's gonna solve all their problems kind of thing. But yeah, I, I loved like how they portrayed like all these different types of customers. Obviously there's like, they're like all upper class like type of people minus like there's like a few people like the girl who the assistant to john leguizamo who was like didn't have any student loans or debt and i'm like what if she paid it off like you know what if she's poor and paid it off i know come Anyways. on ray fine think about this jeez <laughs> i'm like this dude doesn't care about the details he just he's just he's just out for blood but yeah anyways so i i love that you know this movie is punishing rude rich people essentially who think they know everything about food and how to cook and how to serve food or whatever i i want to know what chefs think about this movie that's what i want to know because like to us it's like ah yeah like us the audience and us you know middle class people don't know what it's like to eat at super expensive restaurants on the regular we'll obviously like side with you know anya taylor joy and like but i'm like what do the chefs really think about this do they gain pleasure from seeing like these types of people being tortured i don't know probably (laughs) hopefully (laughs) yeah i kind of feel the same way because i don't know if like restaurant workers or chefs would all like this film because obviously like it's a environment that we're not familiar with so we don't know how it actually is but I wonder if it's uh, if fulfilling at some cases for restaurant workers or chefs to feel like, yeah, there's that guy that we know that we serve all the time. There's that person we hate. There's this person that's always rude to us, but we have to serve them. Um, but then also it goes into the idea of like cult mentality that some of these restaurants have into maintaining some sort of high status, Michelin star, whatever we have you. But um, I don't know if like that's going to like turn them off or if they're, if they're like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely what it's like. I, it's crazy how crazy these restaurants get. I don't know. I want to know what they think, too, because I feel like they're obviously going to have um, a better in-depth feel for this movie than we do because we're not restaurant workers or chefs, obviously. Along with that, too, the idea of these people getting what they want. And it's not, I don't think it's even necessary. It's kind of like it is, of course, about class. But some cases, like putting each character in a different setting could also still be the same thing like i i think for nick holt's character being this giant foodie and his experiences and his love for the food kind of ruining it for everyone else i think that could be seen anywhere as regards to like people just instagramming their food or people that like actually go out and try these things and try to like make a whole content thing about it um and and sort of ruin that surprise for people that want to try it ruin that surprise for like whoever wants to experience that that's sort of like what he said about nick holt as well And of course, too, like they call it the fake foodie obsession, which kind of like what I was talking about and just how people always want to like have that connection or have that content ready to feed their audience, whatever. Another thing, too, that I really want to like 
that I really think was interesting was sort of that chef customer relationship. Cause like, mm-hmm. like I said, those chefs and, and restaurant workers always have like, Oh, that guy is definitely someone that I've served before. And, and not to mention too, the idea of the whole, I hate this word now, but the whole Karen thing of like people mm. who are like very, very rude to restaurant workers because they think they like have to serve every whim and they start to throw a tantrum about like, not getting what they want which is kind of crazy because i i still i've experienced that kind of recently in san francisco of all places really where gr- yeah where this girl like ordered this chocolate shake she said she was allergic to chocolate this and that and she kind of like blew up and threw a tantrum like in front of everyone like it was just so gradual too where she like was mad got madder and it was just like furious tantrum overload kind of a thing um, um was she white yes did she have a, a Karen haircut? I didn't see her haircut. I didn't see it, but <laughs> I was like, That's damn, like, I can't believe this. Yeah, I know. Like, I think, I feel like out of all places too, like, I feel like San Francisco was the last place I'd see that. Cause I feel like San Francisco is such like a progressive and obviously like very diverse area where like, you don't have those people that like think they're better than everyone. Cause it, mm. I feel like in San Francisco, everything's more accepting at that point. But obviously I was so naive then, you know, before that. <laughs> Um, (laughs) i learned yeah but yeah i like i get like the whole idea of the customer is always right that these restaurants always have to follow the whole idea of like customers thinking they're better than these workers because they're paying them that certain amount and that sort of ties into like the people the tech bros i'm not we're not sure if they're tech bros i'm just calling them tech bros because i could imagine they'd be tech bros because they're rich um but those people that like have money and are just like come on like give us some bread like come on we we scratch your back you scratch mine like our owners own you guys so this that this and that which is uh, a fantastic part of the film because it's almost like the idea of a class over a class like yeah you could be rich but do you know the people that own this restaurant where you could have that weird power of them of like i'm gonna have this place closed tomorrow or if you don't give me bread i'm gonna tell my boss who's gonna close you down um my boss like helped you stay open during covid this and that this and that and again, too, I wonder how that relationship between someone that funds the restaurant and the chef as well, where, like, um, Ray Fiennes was like, oh, do you hear that? That's me being free. Because the, the owner guy, like, <laughs> yeah. died, gets drowned on, like, on like his, drowned. like, angel wings. I know. but Angel investor. Damn, what, <laughs> what a line, though. Like, oh, do you hear that? That's the sound of my freedom. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, fuck. After he drowns a man, yeah. I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah i think it's an interesting concept the way that these this movie kind of commentates on that and then one thing that uh sophia pointed out recently was uh the connection between sex worker sex workers and chefs where they had this this moment between only taylor joy and ray fines where he's like oh i know who you are i know a service worker when i see one and that sort of relationship between being hired for for sex and other services apart from being like being a chef and being a restaurant worker that also serves their customers for money in in a, in a weird sense right like i'm of course like just bare bonesing it but how did you feel about that how did you feel about that idea of comparing those two occupations or how do you feel about you know anita joy's character being a sex worker and how that connects to the idea of class the idea of uh, money controlling her or controlling her occupation how did you feel about that yeah that was yeah that was like a cool moment where it was like 
you know, he recognizes that he's like, she's like his type of people, which is like, are you a giver? I guess he's like, are you a giver or a taker or, or an eater or whatever he called them? And yeah, like, I, I don't think I connected the two occupations, like literally, I, I definitely thought of it like more broadly in terms of like, oh yeah, a service worker, you're like offering your services in exchange for money, essentially. And yeah, I think it just ties into the whole thing of like, you know, this movie shedding a light on like the relationship between the two and how money is kind of like the end all be all in terms of like who controls who, who quote unquote controls who. I did like this line that Ray Fine says in terms of like, he, he basically says like he built himself up to be so popular that the only type of people he's serving are like this these specific type of people who can like only afford it kind of thing and he like hates that he like hated that and I thought that was interesting because I'm like yeah that's kind of like what the model is essentially of like oh you want to be a renowned chef this is really like the only path you can take um I hope it's more nuanced than that in reality because I'm like yeah like don't shop aren't there like popular like mom and pop shops like in LA you know you're not like a Michelin star but you're like popular in a different way kind of thing and you're serving like people who can afford it who can afford like a 10 12 dollar meal kind of thing I don't know but anyways um I digress uh but yeah I I did like that moment like that between Anya Taylor-Joy and Ray Fiennes or Ray Fiennes um it like was the moment where they like connected basically it was like I know what I know who you are you're not like I've served I've served many Margos. You're not a Margo. He like obviously <laughs> knows she was using a fake name. So that was cool. But yeah, like she to you, like was she distinctly she was like from the get go distinctly not quote unquote not like the other guests because she just like wasn't an asshole. I don't know. I'm like it was just so blatantly clear. I'm like, okay, yeah, like she was just not mean, I guess. Um, anyways, do you think that should have been like disguised better or, or did you kind of like how it ended up <laughs> disguised better um <laughs> i don't know i don't know because i feel like um her character too wasn't like indulging or enjoying the food like the other guests i feel like the other guests were like so specific to why they were there like you had john leguizamo bring you know his worker his assistant whatever and he's talking about how he knows the chef and he how he you know is a big movie star then you have the tech bros who talk about like our wives are bad but we have this amazing job amazing money this amazing company then you have of course the the food reviewer who is famous for her food reviews and even closes like restaurants down because of her reviews which again i love that commentary as well that idea of the consequences between of people that review restaurants negatively or review restaurants in a way that like could shine a bad light with which leads them to closing down which I don't know if anyone like a lot of Yelpers or food reviewers actually like take that into consideration where their words could heavily affect someone's lives, someone's future. Another good, good characters as well. Then you have like the regulars that are older that have been there multiple times. So obviously Ray Fiennes knows who they are. And then Nicole obviously being the, the foodie and the person that's just like constantly taking pictures of his, his food, even though they, he was asked not to him answering the questions of like the chef and making comments like oh is this this bergamot chef and having that whole aspect of it but i think with margo it it seemed like she didn't understand how much nick liked this i thought 
I think she thought like she was just there to be like company because obviously in that scenario one could just imagine there'd be one a seat for one but obviously the rules say no you can't do that so it's just interesting that like she just kind of was put in this position and as regards to like the service worker and restaurant worker um, connection I did like that as well where they kind of had that moment of of connection and I feel like we felt a lot more chemistry between them especially knowing that they both serve these customers serve these shitty people and um both have a like kind of a bad position in regards to like how they're treated how they're viewed sometimes and just that sort of connection between that but as we talk about margot Anya taylor joy's character i want to you know expand more on her because it is our lord lady of the lord um on taylor joy and <laughs> we haven't we've talked like most of the characters except for her which um i loved i think she did a fantastic job i think like the cheeseburger scene not only for her character where she's kind of eats the cheeseburger scene and or eats the cheeseburger and also like escapes because of the cheeseburger but i think it's also like a lot of the solutions in the sort of like foodie food world is just like the idea of food that people don't like if if they don't like this restaurant or whatever they usually opt out and get a really good burger where it just that's like the one solution that like sort of brings us all together where regardless of like how class of like a restaurant you are like a good burger will never ever like be replaced by that like you're always gonna have that spot where you have a good burger regardless of yelp reviews you know a spot you, like even if it's like fucking mcdonald's like people still go there even though <laughs> knowing all this bad things having all these documentaries about it i still go there i just like the idea of like the burger being easily attainable for most classes sort of commenting on on this sort of idea of classism with food and also just like the idea of like no one can ever replace a good burger at the end of the day and that sort of like has audio taylor joy at the end of it just like taking a bite and this like the whole the movie ends the credits roll and it's kind of like so fascinating to see that like that could be the solution to everything was like a good cheeseburger instead of paying 12 1200 to go on this this island to get killed and smored up on but yeah also with audio taylor joy just amazing acting and and her sort of a24 vacation at the end where she becomes um the florence pew to her midsomar and yeah i just think she did a really great great job and and not to mention too the crazy twist that her character had to go through where she could have survived if tyler told her that they were gonna die at the end and she was just so unaware of it and unaware of like what was actually gonna happen to her and how that could have been stopped through tyler's actions but yeah how do you feel about our lady of our lord Anya taylor joy her acting <laughs> her character in this film um she was incredible a religious experience really <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah i, I love what you said about the, the cheeseburger relating to like classism i'm like yeah it, it was like this not MacGuffin, but like this thing that like you know kind of like solved our protagonist's problems like brought it down to the roots of like you know where you first where a chef may start cooking which is just like at this burger joint and you know i i really liked what the burger represented basically all in all and like she brought that thing up like oh yeah you don't you don't make there's no love in this food even your soups taste cold or, or hot hot foods taste cold or something like that that was funny um that was so good you could be an obsession <laughs> not love i was like oh fuck get him all <laughs> joy that's crazy that's crazy talking to him like that 
demanded a cheeseburger. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, I love that whole scene because I'm like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Is he gonna actually make a cheeseburger? Is he gonna kill her? Is he gonna poison this cheeseburger? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I I love that twist. That twist that <laughs> it, it was kind of like a great cherry on top for Tyler's story. Like that was that was fantastic because like I think following that was when he made him like cook basically. I know that was essentially his like punishment by God or something. But yeah, that was great. I was like, fucking of course this fucking guy would take this to take her on this and not give a shit about her life. Yeah, that was fantastic. In terms of her A twenty fourification, she's I don't know, she's just like good at being like, you know, this final girl. I don't know. She had the same thing with the witch too. She just like, you know, her whole family was slaughtered and she talked to the devil and she was like, yeah, I'm ready to be a witch now. And then she walks into the forest and starts floating. It's like, yep, very triumphant. Triumphant endings with a lot of death and fire involved. She's just like mastered that in the end, I guess. I This did cross my mind. I, I forgot that she, I almost forgot she was in that movie by Edgar Wright, Last Night in Soho. I think when she was in it, I I wanted her to be the protagonist so bad, but then I forgot that it was like an alternate life and the protagonist was really the girl from Jojo Rabbit, which she was great. She was great. But, you know, we, we have an attachment to Anya Taylor-Joy. And I'm like, man, <laughs> she could have just been the protagonist here. Um, but anyways, I, I think she's just great at these niche roles where she plays, like, a very mysterious character who, who like, somehow gets the audience on her side, who's, like, also still relatable, even though she looks like, like a beautiful alien sometimes with her eyes insanely large and far apart. She just, yeah, she's just such a great actress. She's, but specifically this type of role, she, I just like noticed she's just so good at these like weird dark roles. But yeah, do you, do you like this trend of her taking on these roles or would you want to see some variety maybe in the future? Um, like, I'm kind of, I kind of like where she's at right now. I don't know. I think she's doing a fantastic job. Also, she's really, really pretty. So that's fun. So that's I don't know. fun. I think she's, <laughs> that's one, that's good to look, that's fun to look at. I kind of like this. I think even this kind of character too, she was more kind of vulgar in a way where she like was very, I don't care. I'm kind of doing this, kind of doing that. I'm cussing a lot. Um, I'm punching people, this and that. Like, I think she, there's still there's like a little more spice in this character, I think, from my, in my opinion. And for her to like, just sort flavor. of, yeah, a little more flavor. And a comparatively, like the last thing I saw her was the Northmen where she's like, has an accent oh. is talking really crazy um and like most of her film like a lot of her films i feel like she has like an accent or she's like playing like a character of a character if that makes sense like a uh, a caricature of like a, a person at that time where she's not really talking in her normal voice or talking in a way that like i'm familiar with like the vavich obviously she's like talking in you know olden times and, and crazy sentence structures and diction so like just seeing seeing her talk like this, kind of normal, kind of like a human or someone that I can relate to, um, was fun to watch and fun to see her, like kind of go into that. But you said you know that that she's in these other movies and instead of comparing that, so I want to bring up the comparisons that 
we've made for this movie also people have made to this movie and sort of how that sort of ties in so obviously like you talked about like the commentary on the rich and the idea of eating the rich you got triangle of sadness glass onion i know there's a third film too that we don't know um, of yeah i'm <laughs> like uh, there's something i forgot though um the obvious comparison to midsomar with the ending and then you sort of compared it to pig where it's like this satirical pessimistic version of that um i guess with all those movies and stuff like that the idea of like the eat the rich movies and sort of how that's sort of trending right now i feel like where we all kind of like that how do you feel about that how do you feel about the comparisons of midsomar with the ending i'm assuming and your idea of like the satirical pessimistic pig how do you feel about those comparisons with this film yeah i i feel like eat the rich movies are always a hit (laughs) like every year i don't know (laughs) like i'm trying to think relatable you know so like yeah i know i'm like it's it's consistently relatable i wonder why as we're watching these rich actors rich directors make these films like yeah so relatable yeah fuck the rich it's like oh yeah aren't you rich uh no let's not talk about that um yeah like you know parasite was obviously a hit like in 2019 or something I think that was a hit for different reasons too, but it, at its core, was it was like an eat the rich movie that everyone on earth related to. And you know, this year I can't recall anything that came out in 2020 or 2021 for that matter. But I'm pretty sure, I guarantee you, there was a movie about eating the rich. But yeah, I think it's something that's universal at this point, which is depressing. There is, it's almost like like we as an audience are able to experience a world where you know the rich people rich assholes you know get theirs and we are like redeemed and avenged by a you know justice and a good protagonist and then we walk out of the movie theater and back into our sad lives and reality (laughs) but only for a moment we will experience you know a different reality where you know i'm like this is basically a fantasy for people like this is like a wish fulfillment type of thing of like oh yeah fuck the fuck the rich people like they're assholes and blah 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 and i'm like Things don't really change, though, do they? Like, just because these movies come out, these movies just serve as, like, a form of, you know, a moment where we can pretend, like, we can feel like, you know, we've been avenged in some way. <laughs> we can this pretend is so that depressing. there's justice in the world. Yeah, that there's <laughs> this is so fucking depressing. <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm just, ex- I'm just, like, trying to figure out. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of what, it these movies do and kind of what happens every year and then we like you know nothing changes really in the society i liked pig though because it wasn't really it 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 did comment on the classism that was a huge part of one particular scene but at its core it was a very emotional film about like moving on so i'm like okay that wasn't like blatantly like fuck the rich there was sprinkles of it in terms of the comparisons to Midsommar, I feel like the, that type of ending is not uncommon. I think Midsommar is just a direct line of reference because visually, the fire obviously, visually what happens and literally what happens. But in terms of like the protagonist being like 
the f- she's essentially a final the final girl she's essentially surviving this like traumatic event where all the awful people die in the end and she is triumphant and it's like okay yeah good guys triumph in the end so it's not bad i don't think the comparison's bad or anything um i just think it's just a really easy like line of reference i also recently saw midsommar again and yeah, that ending felt less triumphant than it did the first time I saw it because because I definitely bought into Danny's indoctrination more by the cult. I was like, this cult fucked her up, dude. They fucking manipulated the shit out of her. And I'm like more aware of it. The like I think this is my third time watching it. Um and so that ending was like very bittersweet because I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy, he's burning in there. But then I'm like, man, these cra- these people are fucking crazy, like fucking killing themselves in there. And Danny's like, obviously like drug hopped up on whatever they gave her. She's like hysterically like sobbing at the end too before she smiles or like after she she does that smile, she's like walking in that flower gown that's like fucking like weighing her down and i'm like ooh, this doesn't feel as good as it did the first time so yeah but this ending for this movie felt very triumphant it was great i love that she was eating the cheeseburger and she's just like she's like chilling on a boat eating her cheeseburger um <laughs> but yeah how did you feel about the ending and all of that stuff that we just talked about first of all about? that's weird that you've f- barely got the feeling of like that the cult members of Midsommar like essentially manipulated Danny to be the queen. I feel like I felt that the first time I watched it. I felt bad for her, and I felt like kind of confused. Like, oh, what? Did, what? Are they, what is Danny gonna do now? All her friends are dead, and she's stuck in this cult. <laughs> I, she's, is she gonna just stay there? Like, I was also like, oh yeah, fuck the guy, fuck the boyfriend, and stuff like that. I, I was also kind of like, should he die? I don't know. It's just burned alive is kind of too dramatic, in my opinion. That's because uh, you're a asshole. man. Okay? I know, I know, I'm a man. <laughs> I'm just kidding, bro. I understand. I I, um, I got the I got the manipulation thing the first time around. I don't think I like. I think I felt more happy for her in the end. I was like, yeah, she's in a better place. She has a family now. I like bought into it. <laughs> The Kai, I, that's, oh, I was indoctrinated. I, I was indoctrinated. Indoctrinated. <laughs> yeah, I, like, you know, I, was, I was in the cult. I was like, yeah, join the cult. Be happy. <laughs> I kind of forgot she lost her family. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I feel... Her, that's how it opened up her whole family. I know. Like, she literally lost everyone. She um, lost everyone. Everyone. Like, um, via suicide and yeah. murder at the same time. Very, very dramatic. <laughs> But yeah, that's a different different episode <laughs> okay, of Midsommar okay, yeah. that we should do. We Re- should do revisiting Midsommar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, I understand the comparisons to Midsommar with the ending because obviously, like that was like the most recent film, and also just a very like polarizing scene where someone gets burned alive in this like very fantastical fashion. Um, and I kind of understand it where they're going to compare it to this, which kind of is good and bad, where you have that polarizing scene but also like midsummer didn't make up fire on people <laughs> like they didn't make up like a fire scene where they die from fire like also obviously like the worker man yeah they did <laughs> other movies had had that sort of fire burning down element to it um so i do get it i do get it but i don't think it's fair because obviously like midsummer didn't invent fire um and just like just because they had that scene and almost like almost kind of replicated in some way 
I don't think it's like a direct copy. I just think it's like a a, a similar ending to each other. As regards to like like we said about like the ether rich films and how those are so trendy, like I totally 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 hundred percent agree. Um, could not agree more even where <laughs> it's like it's no. this idea of like this this fantasy of us like watching it like ha ha yeah richie get what you deserve eat that sand whatever they're doing do that bad thing <laughs> it's it's really is a fantasy it really is something that like i get out of like yeah finally there's justice in the world he's <laughs> like that could be made like i think like people would understand like the the fault of capitalism and all that and i go back to the job where i'm like working for that person that like i know you make a shit, like <laughs> you make a reservation at like fucking bestie or something or whatever <laughs> fancier restaurant what should we the get next, for dinner the well, next I don't day know. yeah <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm buying into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mission star. You know that? Oh, it is. We should go. <laughs> <No> <laughs> we should definitely go there. Um, but yeah, like obviously these kind of movies are trendy. And I think also too, it just comes with us as a society, us as a people that like have this information about like different classes, this information about people who are on top that just sort of step down on people even more and more as they get rich. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg. Just to name a few, because I hate all of them and I'm not remotely even like, <laughs> sorry about that. But anyways, uh, but yeah, just like, I feel like it sort of gives us that like drive of be like, yeah, you fuck the system, blah, 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 blah. But then of course we just sort of we'll go back into that society. But um, I just think as as we sort of get to get more information about things, we start to get be more aware and educated even through social media and different platforms like that, I think it's important that we like that we sort of see these movies in a way that like we're like, oh yeah, this is so cool. I'm glad that these people are are getting what they deserve because of what they've been doing to society, blah blah blah. And I think that's a uh, that's like kind of the thing about movies where it's an escape for us, where we like escape to a world where yeah. there is just you know, <laughs> which is very sad. I totally get why you're just like you're just like wow, this is so depressing. <laughs> but I totally get it. Like I totally understand. We're like in the aspect of breaking it down. It really is this like sort of fantasy that we all try and live and and try to like make uh, possible. And the sort of comparison too with with Pig, the satirical and pessimist pessimism of it. Like I think. I think like obviously pig was super duper hopeful in the way that like that movie was told and, and it was just very very of course like commenting on restaurants but also how it views t- with this world-renowned chef who's nick cage and that sort of idea this one is like takes that and goes the complete opposite direction where like <laughs> i know you right feel, yeah like <laughs> you feel somewhat hopeful but like still hopeless as regards to like this level of like the chain the chain of levels with with restaurants and stuff like that um and you have the people like actually getting into their consequences of what how they've been acting and stuff like that um so just pig in that aspect is just like a lot more happy and hopeful in the way that it's commentating on a on a toxic environment but yeah man stuff out there for the restaurants stuff out there for uh (laughs) you know for the chefs and restaurant workers but carmella if you had to choose a customer from the menu as a chef which one would be your dream favorite customer uh excluding Anya taylor joy obviously (laughs) um hmm out of the people eating there i want to say i want to say tyler really you want tyler i feel like he'd be so annoying he'd appreciate the food and he'd worship you 
I guess, but he's oh my god! I'd be so annoyed. I feel like he's super like, annoying. But yes, at least dude, like just eat he'll the do food, anything. bro. <laughs> he'll just do eat anything. the food, bro. <laughs> he is. He will. He'll do anything. So I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll put anything in front of him. He'll eat it. I can put like literal shit in front of him. He'll eat it. Fascinating, fascinating. I think <laughs> my dream customer. I think my dream customer is. Honestly, John Nagazamo's character. I feel like he's like this movie <laughs> star. He of course like is gonna act like a movie star where he's dropping names, saying we're friends or whatever. But I feel like he's fun <laughs> to have at a restaurant, you know? It's like this guy that you watched probably in the movies. You're like, Oh shit, it's that okay. guy. Um, I love that movie and you're just kinda like, Oh like in my head I'm like gonna like green like, Oh, what's up, man? Big fan of like your fucking ten year old movie and yeah we hope you enjoy the food (laughs) like that's a that's pretty much like the main drawback of his character which is hilarious too where like uh, ray fines was like i watched a movie on my one day off ever and it was (laughs) paging or calling dr sunshine hate it that's why you're gonna die (laughs) but also obviously he also had a good point where it's like the idea of something you love being ruined by someone who's like kind of tired of this industry kind of like where ray fine's character was where he's someone who's constantly working and has no love for it kind of the same idea with john leguizamo's character and that whole movie scene the whole whole movie part of it yeah that was that was so funny and so sad because like second to maybe anya taylor joy he was like so not deserving of like death and also his (laughs) assistant i'm like they're so innocent here he didn't write the script. He didn't write the script. He I'm just like, acted it like it's a movie. He just wanted to get like, the bag. <laughs> you watched it. Like you, you didn't. He didn't force you to watch this movie. Could have done something else with your, with your Sunday break. But you go yeah. to go watch a movie. It's not his fault. Which is it's just really funny. But yeah. So before we close this episode out, we go into the notorious rewriter's corner. Carmela, is there anything you want to change? You want to see with the movie, the menu? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I feel pretty satisfied with it, to be honest. I no, yeah, no, no parts stand out to me where I was like, oh, I wish something else happened here, or maybe I can't remember. But not right now. I'm like, nothing stands out right now. So I'm a, I'm gonna say like. I don't know. I, I guess just for fun, maybe I wish it was scarier. Like, I don't know. But that's just like me wanting every movie to be a horror. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this should have been a horror movie or something like that. But no, it was it was totally... I, I have no problems, like big problems with it or anything. But yeah, does did anything stand out to you that needed to be like kind of rewritten or fixed? I was thinking about it too. Like, I think I'm pretty content with the movie as well. I think I did. I think when I first watched it, there might have been something that I was like kind of iffy on, but I can't think of it now. I don't know. The second time <laughs> to watching it, I had a lot of fun. So I'm like, yeah, this is a fun movie. I kind of like it. I think one thing I do want to see just, just for like a fun thing or like a deleted scene or like a alternate ending. I, w- I wish there was like a scene of like, I want to enjoy leaving with the cheeseburger and then everyone in the restaurant is like, I have a cheeseburger, I have a cheeseburger. Like, trying to get their, like, exit, yeah. too. And try to have them, like, try and, and leave the restaurant as well. Because I feel like after she left, they kind of all accepted their fate, which is kind of crazy. They're just kind of like, yeah, all right, I guess they we're going to die now. Try, and, yeah. Yeah, they kind of, like, it was random because the whole time they're trying to stay alive. And then this ending where they kind of see this ticket out of there, they kind of just accepted that they're going to die. 
Not to mention too the whole like it's really funny the whole part where they pay for the check, but I thought that was also yeah. very like <laughs> random. We're like, why does that even matter? <laughs> but I, was, it's funny, funny in the sense of like, yeah, it's funny in the sense of like a restaurant being a restaurant. But yeah, I wish there was more of like a sweeping like understanding between the customers where they like kind of understood what's gonna happen. I feel like at the end they still could have tried and tried to exit or something or they finally realize their errors and their ways, then they accept it. I wish there was more of that than that. It, But even with that, like, I'm still fine with how it ended too. I'm still fine with them just sort of accepting it out of nowhere. But yeah, I don't think I have anything else to rewrite or to like change it or see or anything like that. So with that, this has been our episode on the menu. A fantastic commentary on restaurants, chefs, service workers, and their customers. I really want to know what a restaurant worker or a chef that watched this film, I want to know how they feel. I want to know if this is more like a good thing, they felt relatable, if it felt relatable to them, or if it was a bad thing where like they thought it was too culty and too too demeaning towards like the idea of service workers being this cult-like. I don't know. I really want to know what they think because I feel like this is an environment that I'm never ever going to know or never understand. But yeah, so if you're a chef or a restaurant worker, let us know what you thought of this movie. Was it relatable to you? Was it not? Do you think it was a good movie? Any of that nature. But yeah, this has been our episode on the menu. I loved it. Had fun with it. Watched it twice already. It's fantastic. Ani Taylor-Joy, what up? Um, (laughs) Our Lady of the the Lord, (laughs) Ani Taylor-Joy. But with that, thank you all for this, everybody. My name is Josh Landicho, and you can follow me on Instagram at TheSpaceWolf. And I'm Carmel, and you can follow me at CatMalau. And you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. And if any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, or anything of that nature, um, that would help us out a lot as well. Even social media platforms as well. If you like, comment, repost our post, or tweet, or whatever it may be, that help us, helps us a lot as well. And for the people that do that already, we see you, we thank you, and we appreciate you. Um, we also have a program on Anchor called Listener Supporter, which if you subscribe at any dollar amount, only if you're able to, of course, but that would help us a lot as well. Thank you all for listening, everybody, and keep on watching for the people in the higher up positions. They're never going to get the justice. They're just going to get rich. The rich get richer. <laughs> the rich get richer. There's no point. <laughs> <laughs>